Welcome everybody to another great installment of Calvary Christian Center. We pray that today's message encourages you and inspires you like never before. So sit back, grab your notes, your notepad, and enjoy this message live from Calvary Christian Center. Our hearts are open wide. We are ready for rain. Thanks, guys. That's what I'm ready for. I'm ready for rain. I'm ready for whatever God wants to do. I'm ready for an outpouring. I want to tell you something. While everything else is closed, Disney World is closed and Universal is closed and restaurants are closed and sporting events are closed and shopping malls are closed and schools are closed, I've come to let you know while everything else is closed, heaven is still open. Hallelujah. The presence and power of God is still real and I'm ready for rain hallelujah you know when I look at the condition of this world especially bearing in mind all these recent events with COVID-19 I think that we as a church we got to rise up with answers I want you to hear me today precious in my lifetime I've never seen times like these and the Lord just birthed in my spirit to do a little mini-series over the next couple of weeks called Times Like These because we've never seen times like these before. And, and I think the church, in a world full of questions, need to rise with answers. This is a season when the enemy has got to know something, that we are not giving up ground that we are not quitting, that we are not afraid, that we are not backing up. This season, in Jesus' name, we are taking ground. I think the devil's going to regret this season because he thought the church was going to shut down and shut up. But what we've done is we've opened up, and I'm telling you, this powerful message is going forth like it never has before. Do you know that last week, with Calvary campuses, with, with our online campuses, we preached the gospel and engaged over 50,000 people, different homes and different computers. They tuned in. And I want to tell you, it lets me know that people are looking for answers. And here's the good news. We have the answer, and his name is Jesus. So I'm going to be teaching and preaching over the next couple of weeks this little series called Times Like These. Next week, you don't want to miss it because I'm going to be talking about the end times. And we're going to ask the question, is this training for tribulation? Are we getting ready for the end times? I'm going to talk about that next week and you don't want to miss it. But I want to tell you, if you're a child of God, this is not your time to tremble. This is your time to be triumphant. This is not your time to walk in fear. This is your time to fight. And this is not your time to run this is your time to rout the enemy hallelujah God is for us and everything's going to be all right so I'm ready to preach today I want you to look to first Chronicles chapter 12 verse 32 I believe I have a download from heaven I believe the Lord's going to help us today the Bible says in first Chronicles 12 32 and of the children of Ishakar listen now which were men that had understanding of the times. They had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. I believe that the church needs to have understanding of the times so we can show the world what they need to do. So I'm going to preach for just a few minutes along these lines, understanding 
the times. Lord, I thank you for my friends. I thank you that we've been able to gather all around the world in their homes to lift up the mighty name of Jesus. Now, I pray that you will give us wisdom for times like these. I pray that you will help us to be an answer. Help us to understand the times. And we'll give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says, and to the children of Ishakar, which were men that had understanding of the times, who knew what Israel ought to do. This text, this narrative, revolves around a time when David was finally crowned king united over Israel. Now, he had been king of Judah for seven years. The Lord had anointed him as a, as a young teenager, and there had been many years between the anointment and the appointment. But the first thing that happened to David when he was king, he was crowned king just over one part of Israel, and that was the tribe of Judah. And it's something that Judah means praise. And it was a full seven years, in fact, seven and a half years, before he was crowned king of all Israel. Initially, he was crowned king of praise. And it was mighty when I read that because the Lord spoke to me and he said, I'm going to make you king of Judah, king of praise, before I make you king of anything else. See, God's going to give you victory in praise. He's going to say, you need to praise me for what you've got. David wasn't crowned king of all united Israel yet up until this time, but God made him king of Judah. So, so God said, you need to learn to praise for the partial. And some of you right now, maybe you don't have everything that you want. Maybe everything's not perfect in your life, but I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to start being king of praise. You need to praise God for the partial. You need to praise God for what he's already done, knowing that if he's done this for you, he can do the next thing for you. Back to this story. It's so powerful. David is crowned here finally king of all Israel. And in these times in the life of David, there came on the scene some men of Ishakar, one of the 12 tribes of Israel, and they are singled out. The Bible specifically talks about them and said they were men who had understanding of the times, how we need in these unusual times that we've been in, how we need people who have an understanding of the times. Understanding in the Hebrew, it means to perceive, it means to discern, it means to have insight and discretion, it means keen awareness. And I want you to know the world is looking for answers. The world is confused. The world is chaotic. You watch the news, it seems to breed fear. It seems like these are, are such confusing, such rough, such hard times. But I want you to know that in this confused world, a confused world does not need a confused church. The, the, the confused world needs a church who knows their Redeemer, who knows that their God is on their side and he's got it under control. A confused world does not need a confused church and a scared world does not need a scared church. Let me tell you something. We don't need to be worried. We don't need to be uptight. We don't need to be walking in fear. God is on our side and God is going to help us through this season and God is going to give us the victory. We must have real answers and we must have real power. God give us some sons and daughters that understand the times like Ishakar's like day. Let's look at a few things now. 
in this text, in this story, that the sons of Ishakar understood. Why were they singled out? Why did God specifically make sure that they were spoken of in this narrative? What did they understand? Number one, the sons of Ishakar understood that it was time for all allegiances to be to one king. Don't miss this now. Israel was in a dangerous position. The whole country had been in a civil war. Saul was dead and Jonathan right along with him. And the kingdom was locked in battle and it was ripping itself apart and there was no end in sight. And the nation of Israel was about to splinter into rebellious factions and it would have devastated their union and it would have forfeited their destiny as a nation. But the Bible says that right in the midst of this, there were children of Ishakar with an understanding of the times. They, they understood that it was time for the nation to stand behind one anointed king. They knew that it was time for the nation to get behind God's anointed king, King David. And here we are today, and I want to say this from my heart. How America desperately needs for people to rise in the spirit of the children of Ishakar behind one anointed king. Over the years, America has enthroned so many things. We've enthroned military might. We've been thrown capital gains. We've been thrown false messiahs and worldly pleasures. But it is time again for us as a nation and most especially the church of the living God to stand behind one king and that king is Jesus Christ. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. It is time for America to enthrone one king. I want to tell you Muhammad can't save us and Confucius can't save us and Buddha can't save us and Allah can't save us and religion can't save us. Education and intellect can't save us. We're in a time right now where we're finding out that our money can't save us and our resources can't save us and political ideals can't save us and even medical research alone cannot save us. Our hope is not in our political figures anymore. Our hope is in the King, King Jesus. We need to have him reign. We need to get behind his name, his glory, his power. We need to get behind our king. Listen, I want you to understand that as a man who's in my 50s now, I've had all kinds of presidents. I've had, in fact, I've had 10 different presidents in my lifetime. But I want you to hear me. Even though I've had 10 presidents in my lifetime, I've only ever had one king. Even though I've had president after president after presidents, president in the, presidents in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000, 2010s, and now 2020, I've had all kinds of presidents, but I've only had one king. And I want you to know my president is not my king. My governor is not my king. My senator is not my king. I have a king and his name is Jesus, and he reigns supreme. And the Bible says of his kingdom there will be no end. And of his glory there will be no bounds may it be said of America again that King Jesus reigns America needs to get behind one king we need to get behind King Jesus but America's not gonna do it till the church does does it we need to unite behind King Jesus honey there ain't nobody like Jesus nobody heals like Jesus nobody provides like Jesus nobody redeems like Jesus nobody blesses like 
like Jesus. Nobody breakthroughs like Jesus. Nobody provides healing like Jesus. Nobody can do what Jesus does. It is time to get behind one king, and his name is Christ Jesus. If you look at the word Christ, Christ means anointed, and Jesus means deliverer. And see, what we've got to understand, precious, is that in these times, we need an anointed deliverer. We need someone who can come in and make sense of all this trouble that we've been facing. And his name is Jesus. This world, it seems, has gone crazy. It seems like there's so much going on, and the world has literally shut down. So many things have shut down, but Jesus is still king. The Bible says in Psalms 22, 28, for the kingdom is the Lord's and he is the governor among the nations. See, the Bible says the kingdom is the Lord's. So if there's a kingdom, there's gotta be a king. And there's only one king and his name is King Jesus. The Bible declares that he is the governor among the nations. The word governor in the Hebrew, it means one who rules. It means one who reigns and one who has dominion. And Jesus, he's in charge, y'all. Jesus is the king. He's the Lord. He's more than enough. And I want to get behind King Jesus. I want to come together with people who want to magnify King Jesus. Understand me, Jesus. He has dominion over everything, including COVID-19. The children of Israel understood that without a king, there would be no government. There would be no governor. And where there is no government and no governor, there would be anarchy. Understand me, precious. In times like these, America needs to crown King Jesus as Lord of all because he can bring it all together. These men had understanding of the times. Let's get it back to Jesus. Church, let's make it all about Jesus. We're going to come back together in the coming weeks, and I want to let you know it's got to all be about Jesus. Jesus is the only one that can bring peace to this crazy world. Jesus is the only one that can bring breakthrough to this crazy world. The government of God is this. It is Jesus as king. His kingdom has no end. I want you to understand what the children of Ishakar understood. It is time to get behind one king. And may it be said that the church, that we find a place of unity because we're all getting behind King Jesus. Number two, the sons of Ishakar understood that it was time to bring back the glory. Don't miss this. One of the first things that King David did was begin the process of restoring the glory of God. The Ark of the Covenant had been stolen decades earlier by the dreaded Philistines, Israel, Israel's sworn enemies. The Ark was where God's presence abided. And through a series of events, it wound up at a man's house named Obed-Edom. And there it sat for 20 years. And it was there where God's glory dwelt in the Ark of the Covenant. The glory is the Hebrew word kabod. It literally means the weighty presence of God. It was the place of God's presence. And for decades, Israel had existed without the 
presence of the Lord. And these sons of Ishakar, they understood. Number one, we got to have God's king in place. But number two, we can't do what we do if we don't have the presence of God. Even the place, Sinai, that had originally been set aside for worship was empty of the glory of God. And they had had this reality for 20 years, no presence of God. But the children of Ishakar were men who had understanding of the times. And in having that understanding, they realized we got to get the glory back. We got to get God's presence back. We can't do this without God's presence. So I want to say to you, as we get ready to come back into our buildings in the weeks to come, I don't want to just gather in a building. I don't want to just hang out with people. I want to come in a place where the presence of God is. I want to come in a place where the glory of the Lord is. We cannot afford to sit around and admire our beautiful facilities and then be critical or, or notice each other's wardrobe. It ain't even about that. Let me tell you, these are laughing stocks of hell, these kind of churches. What we need is churches that are full of the glory of the Lord. I want Calvary to be a fresh full of the glory of the Lord. I don't want to do what I do outside of God's presence. Now I want you to understand something. We got to do more than draw a crowd. Thousands of people are connected to Calvary. And I thank God for all those that come live and all those that worship online. But I want to tell you, there's something more important than just drawing a crowd. Pop stars can draw a crowd. Come on. Sporting events can draw a crowd. We got to do something more than just draw a crowd. The ultimate priority is not drawing a crowd. The ultimate priority is the presence of God. I would rather draw the glory of God. I would rather have the presence of God and then let God's presence draw the crowd. Because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Listen, the Bible says, in 2 Samuel 6 15 so David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord watch this with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet did you get that it said so David and all the house of Israel they had a crowd and they were shouting and they were rejoicing and they were radical one side note I hadn't lost my praise I'm still praising the Lord I'm still worshiping God. When we're in here doing these services, man, I move out in the crowd right by myself into this empty building. And while the worship team is playing and praising and worshiping, man, I'm out there going in. But let me tell you, I'm warning you. That first service that we open up, I'm going to be doing some shouting. I'm going to be doing some dancing. I'm going to be so excited about coming together. And I'm going to be happy to see you. But I'm going to be so happy to get in the presence of God with the people of the Lord. His presence is what we have to offer this world. Our facilities ain't that good. Listen, we're blessed with great facilities, but they don't compare to Jesus. Our programs don't compare to his presence. Nothing we have compares to the presence of the Lord. I'm hungry for the presence of the Lord. The sons of Ishakar understood we got to have the presence of the Lord. See the present the church needs to give the world is the presence of God. I'm excited about these coming days because I want more of a reality of God's presence than we've ever had before in our Calvary services. Many times I've been to Israel. One of my favorite places to go is Caesarea Philippi. It's in this place where Jesus 
would have stood with his disciples. We're going to show you a picture of this place in just a moment. But in Matthew 16, 13, it said when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do you say that I am, the son of man am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But he said to them, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my Father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want you to see what really is going on here. Jesus has taken his disciples to, to Caesarea Philippi. You'll see the picture there. This was the worst place in all the land of Israel. It was a place for pagan worship. Every little Jewish boy and girl were always told, don't ever go there. Jesus marched his disciples right up to this mountain called the rock or the hill. And, and right at the bottom of this mountain or this hill, there was an open area and all kinds of immoral, unrighteous worship went on there. In fact, the ruins of the ancient temple are still there. Bestiology, uh, there was child sacrifice, all kinds of deplorable, terrible things that went on at the bottom of this mountain. And the people were convinced that this area right there, every God that they served came through this. Every demonic force came through this gate right here. In fact, they called it the gate of hell. Jesus brought his disciples to the tip top of this area right here. And he begins to ask them, who do men say that I am? And, and, and his disciples responded saying, some say that you are Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're this or that. But Jesus then said, who do you say that I am? And Peter spoke up and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus looked at Peter and said, bingo. He said, bingo, upon this rock, not the rock, Peter, but the rock of the confession that you just made, Peter, that I am the Christ, the son of the living God. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want you to see right here that this area was called the gates of hell. Jesus is standing on top of that mountain right there on that hill with the gates of hell right underneath it and he's standing right over top of the gates of hell and they fully understood the illustration that he was giving he was saying Peter I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell nothing hell brings against my church is going to bring it down I want to tell you nothing can stop the church of the living God I want you to understand that the virus COVID-19 can't stop it there's not a demon that can stop it there's not a devil that can stop it. There's not an agenda that can stop it. Even now we are not meeting in our facilities. We haven't met in this church building in six weeks, but we are preaching more. We are praying more. We are decreeing more. We are reaching more people than we ever had because God will build his church. His church is more than a building. It's more than a facility. His church is people. And we are still seeing his church built. And I want you to know that his church is being built because his church is a place of his presence. And it's not just a facility, it's a people.
A church full of, the, of God's presence will be full of God's promises. And I want you to know that even though we're not meeting on this facility or, or in this facility on this property, that we still are in the presence of God together. That we can still claim every promise of the Lord. That we can still claim healing, deliverance, power, and breakthrough. That we can still claim salvation for our children because you know why? God's presence is not just at 1687 West Granada Boulevard, but we are together cohesively in the presence of the Lord. And I'm telling you, in his presence, anything can happen. The sons of Ishakar, they understood, number one, we got to get behind one king. Oh, let's get behind King Jesus, will you? Will you get behind King Jesus with me? Will you put aside all your shallow divisions? Will you put aside all the things that the enemy wants to keep us divided over? And can't we get behind King Jesus? The, the, listen, the, the sons of Ishakar said it's time for allegiance to be the one king. But number two, they said it's time for the glory again. It's time for the presence of God to be the utmost priority. But the third thing the sons of Ishakar understood they understood that it was time for a national change of heart and it was time for mercy in their nation. America needs a change of heart. It's time for America to turn back to Jesus. America needs a change of heart. It's time for America to turn to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's time for mercy in our nation. The Bible said in 1 Chronicles 12, that on the other side of the Jordan of the Reubenites and the Gadites and half the tribe of Manasseh with all manner of instruments of war for battle, 120,000. They are all gathering now to crown David as king. All these men of war that could keep rank came with a perfect heart. Come on. They had a change of heart. They said we can't be divided anymore. We can't be warring with each other anymore. They had a change of heart when they came to Hebron to make David king over all of Israel. And all the rest also of Israel were of one heart to make David king. Let me tell you, it's time that the church have one heart. It's time that the church have one agenda. It's time for us to stop being divided by denominationalism. Let me let you know there's not a black church or a white church or a Hispanic church. God doesn't see a Baptist church or a Methodist church or a Pentecostal church. God sees his church. And I'm telling you when the church comes together, when we get together, baby, can't nothing stop us. When our hearts are changed and we say, God, have mercy on our nation, nothing can stop us. You folks that are still upset, thinking your denomination is the only way. Or you know, uh, or I can't worship with this color of people or that kind of people. I can't, I can't be with, with, let me tell you something. When you get up to heaven, there's not gonna be a Baptist section. There's not gonna be a Methodist section, an Assembly of God section, a Church of God section. There's not gonna be a Kojic session, come on. There's not gonna be an AME section. When you get up to heaven, there won't even be a white section. Oh, y'all can't help me. 
ain't going to be a black section or a Chinese section or a Spanish section. Let me tell you, you're going to be so glad to be in heaven, you won't even care who your neighbors are. Praise the Lord. Let me help you understand. Hear my heart today. It is time for the church to come together. We need mercy in our nation. The Lord spoke to me this week and he said, I'm using this season. He said, I'm using this season to check my people's hearts. See, God will check our heart during this season. There was an incredible and awesome mercy that was extended in the time of David. These men put down their weapons. They stopped fighting among themselves. And they said, we gotta face the real enemy. See, hear me now. I want God to give us men and women who understand the times, who understands that America, we need, in America, we need God's mercy. Everybody's declaring, God bless America. And I want God to bless America. The truth is, God has blessed America. God's been good to America. And our nation needs more than, more of God's blessings, no doubt about it. But our nation needs more than just his blessing. We need his mercy. We need his mercy. We need God's mercy to sweep our college campuses. We need God's mercy to sweep our cities. We need revival. God send revival and awakening to America and let the church come together with a new heart. Everybody's saying, oh, God bless America, and I want God to bless America. And the truth is, God has blessed America. But you know what really needs to happen? I'm standing here today to say God has blessed America. Here's what needs to happen. America needs to bless God. America needs to exalt God, to worship God, to magnify God, to glorify God. The Lord has been good to us and good to our nation. We as church people must understand the times. We must repent. We must come together. We must let our hearts be united. Hallelujah. The sons of Ishakar, number one, they understood that it was time to crown one king. Number two, they understood that it was time for the presence and glory of God to fill the land. And number three, they understood that it was time for a change of heart, for them to come together in unity. The fourth thing and the final thing that the sons of Ishikar understood, they understood now is not the time to quit. Just because they came together and they stopped warring among themselves, they understood now is not the time to quit. Now is the time to unite and fight the real enemy. See, the devil's not concerned about the church as long as we're fighting each other. The truth is, y'all, the devil doesn't fear a big church. The devil fears a united church. The devil is not afraid of a big church. He's afraid of a church that unites. The sons of Ishakar understood we must not quit. And we've got to stop fighting each other. The common enemy of every tribe of Israel was the Philistines. The Philistines were robbing and ruining them while they were fighting each other. And Israel was losing ground head over fist. And I have, I've heard it said that many times that during this season that Israel was being absolutely decimated because they were fighting each other rather than fighting their real and true enemy. I've said this for years at Calvary. Remember, 
we don't fight with each other we fight for each other and we fight for the cause of one king oh i want you to understand something we haven't quit fighting we haven't been able to meet for six weeks but we haven't quit fighting we haven't quit reaching out we haven't quit witnessing we haven't quit preaching we haven't quit praying we're still praying here on wednesday nights and joining with people around the world we've given away over a hundred thousand pounds of food we're making a difference we're not doing less we're doing more and the devil may think that this season is going to quieten us down he may think that this season is going to make the church less but i declare in the mighty name of jesus that we are coming together and we are going to rout the enemy and we're going to see real revival a holy ghost outpouring because we are hungry for it we will not quit we're not going to fight with each other we're going to fight for each other stop allowing the enemy to cause you to be in discord with your brother and your sister the bible talks about Ishakar when Jacob pronounced this blessing over his sons he said to Ishakar, who was the founder and the, and the father of the tribe of Ishakar, he said, Ishakar is a strong donkey lying down between the sheepfolds. This may not sound like much or anything too attractive until you understand in Hebrew culture the value and function of donkeys in Bible days. There were two things about donkeys. Number one, donkeys surprisingly were often turned out to pasture with the cattle and with the other livestock in order to protect the herd and the flocks. Because you see, donkeys didn't play. Donkeys didn't allow coyotes or wolves among the sheepfold or among the herds or among the flock. They were fiercely protective of the herd and they would kill and fight any predator that would try to prey on any of the livestock. And I want hell to know. I want the devil to know that there are some donkeys in America who won't play that there are some sons and daughters in America who will fight. We won't play. We will fight for our families. We will fight for our children. We will fight for our nation. We will fight for each other. We will fight. We will fight and say, devil, you will not come in in these days. You will not make the church less, but we're coming together and we're going to become more, not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. See, the devil thinks he's going to get the best of you. <laughs> but you need to put your hand on your chest and say, this donkey knows how to fight. The devil may think he's going to have your children, but I dare you, mama, to put your hand on your chest and say, this mama, this donkey knows how to fight. Come on, daddy, this donkey knows how to pray. This donkey, this, this donkey knows how to fast. This mama knows how to have spiritual warfare and bind the devil. This donkey knows how to worship. This donkey knows how to sow. You see, when you know that in the name of Jesus, that the Lord is on your side, you're going to tell the devil, devil, if you want to fight, let's get about it, about it. But God is on my side. So donkeys, number one, they were protectors and fighters. But number two, the donkey was valuable because it knew how to work and it would not quit. And hell better know, I ain't quitting. Jim Rayleigh is not quitting. 
There's no quit in this preacher. I am not waving the white flag. I'm not giving not an inch. I'm not letting hell have a foot. I'm telling you, devil, you can't have our churches. You can't have our children. You can't have our families. You can't have our peace. You can't have our power, devil. You can't have it in the name of Jesus. I am decreeing and declaring that the Lord is for us. I'm not quitting. I dare you to tell everybody that's watching with you right now, I'm not quitting. Do not quit. Tell them I'm not quitting. See, I know times are rough. I know things have been hard, but I have two words for you. Don't quit. Don't quit because God is going to bring you the victory. So the men of Ishikar, they understood, number one, it's time to crown one king. May we crown one king and may his name be Jesus. They understood we got to have the presence of God. They wanted the glory back. We got to have God's presence, y'all. We got to have the presence of God. We can't do this without the presence of God. Number three, the children of Israel, the children of Issachar understood. Lord, unite our hearts, change our hearts. They understood that it was time for mercy. It is time for mercy and a move of God in America. And number four, the sons of Ishikar, they understood, they comprehended that it was time not to quit, but to fight. But not fight each other, but fight the real enemy. See, in Jesus' name, as they play a little louder behind me, we're going to have a moment. Because I want you to comprehend today that we're coming out of this season. We're going to be more united. I bind that spirit that says churches and churchmen and church folks have to fight each other. Lord, check our hearts. May we unite and fight the real enemy. I love that these were called the sons of Ishakar. Because when you define the name Ishikar, Ishikar literally means this. The name Ishikar means reward. And times like this require a church that won't quit, who understands that there is a reward on the other side of this. And I want you to know even as it relates to COVID-19, even as it relates to national shutdowns, even as it relates to churches that haven't been able to meet for weeks, Honey, we're coming out of this and there's a reward on the other side of it. On the other side of this, we're going to come out better. On the other side of this, we're going to come out stronger. We're going to come out with more power. We're going to come out with more love for Jesus. We're going to come out with more love for each other. We're going to come out with more unity. Let me tell you something. Calvary, you better get ready because we're stepping out of this season and we're stepping into the glory. We're stepping into revival. We're stepping into outpouring. We're stepping into miracles. We're stepping into a move of God. There's a reward on the other side of this. We've got to be like the sons of Ishakar. They understood the times. Number one, they understood it's time to get behind one king. America, 
It's time to get behind King Jesus. But our nation won't do it until the church does it. Maybe we're different in so many ways. Maybe churches that gather in different locations, maybe they worship differently, but listen, we can all get behind one king. The sons of Ishakar, they understood. We gotta bring back the presence of God. We gotta bring the glory. His presence has gotta be the priority. The great priority of the church is not facilities. It's not programs. But it's the presence of the Lord. The sons of Ishakar understood that they needed a change of heart. That they needed to stop warring with each other. They needed a change of heart. And they needed mercy in their nation. Oh God, unite our hearts together and bring mercy to our nation. The fourth thing that they understood was this. They understood that they needed to fight for their king, fight for their cause, and refuse to quit. Let me tell you, I've never seen times quite like these. But I'm asking the Lord, Lord, make me a son of Ishakar. Help me to lead a church full of sons and daughters of Ishakar. But we're not panicking. We're not quitting. We're not trembling. But we understand the times. I decree and declare in the mighty name of Jesus that the presence of God is in your house right now. I decree and declare that in the name of Jesus, that because his presence is in your house, healing is in your house. Hope is in your house. Peace is in your house. And watch this. Salvation is in your house. I want everybody to take your hand and put it on your heart right now. I want you to pray this prayer after me loud and strong. We're going to do our first works again, but maybe you're watching. You say, preacher, I need what you've been talking about. I want to place my life and I want to have my life be in allegiance to the king. I want God's presence to be real. I want to fight for what matters. I want peace. Take your hand and place it over your heart. Pray after me. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, please forgive me for all my sins. Take my heart. Wash it clean in your precious blood. I need your presence. I need a new beginning. Drive out fear and release hope. I receive you now as Lord and Savior. You can actually go to our website if you prayed that prayer and you meant business. You can connect with us at Calvary FL. I'm so excited because I was told Sunday night at 6.30 and I don't want you to miss it. We're going to gather on this property. We're going to practice social distancing. You're going to worship in your car. I'm going to preach live. And I won't be able to hug you, but at least so many of you, I'll be able to see you. And not only are we going to have that service going here, 
We're going to broadcast it live on Facebook. I love you. You're precious to me. You matter. You matter more than you'll ever know. And I want to say thank you. Six weeks, six weeks, we haven't gathered on a campus. Six weeks, I've been preaching online. Six weeks. But you're giving, you're sowing, you're praying, you're, you're, you're volunteering. Calvary, you, you have overwhelmed me. I don't even know what to say. Only thank you. And, and you might want to sow a seed. We're going to be doing so much ministry this week. You've heard what all we've been doing. You've heard that we've given away around 100,000 pounds worth of food. You've heard that uh, we've been taking bags to first responders and medical people. You've heard that we've been in neighborhoods. You've heard that we've been cooking hundreds of hot meals every week. You've heard that we've even been at where people are having dialysis and these people are struggling and we're giving them food and we're making a way for them. Your giving is making that possible. You say, Pastor, I need to sow. I need to give. I've had increase. I need to, I need to sow a seed. You can go give online at calvaryfl.com. All you have to do is go to our website and click on the giving tab on the top right corner of the screen. You can give on the Calvary app right now on your phone. Just click give on that icon and you can give right there. The text to give numbers are coming up right now and they'll be on the screen. 386-866-3060. We're going to leave them up there. 386-255-35. They'll just be there together. 386-200-6522. You can sow and make a difference. I want to tell you, next week I'm going to be speaking, preaching, decreeing and declaring. Is this trial for tribulation? Are we getting set up for the last days? I'm going to be talking about times like these. Don't miss now. When my staff told me Sunday night at 6.30, I was so excited. I hope to see you. I love you. Slip up your hands. You're precious to me. I decree and declare the blessing, the favor, the power of the Lord over you, over your house, over your finances, over your health. I bind depression, anxiety, worry, poverty, sickness, and a lack of peace. I bind it all off of your life, and I release victory in Jesus' name. I love you. Can't wait to see you next time. Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it inspired you in every single way. For more information about Calvary Christian Center or to give, you can go to calvaryfl.com and be sure to subscribe and like this podcast. And we will see you next week here on the Calvary FL Podcast.